This is Books, Beats, and Beyond, where we will bring you provocative music and engaging interviews from music artists, authors, historians, and others barely acknowledged by the mainstream media. I'll be your host, Taj. Today, I'm talking with Scalito. Scalito is an up-and-coming MC and producer representing Philadelphia. He is part of the group The New Rothschilds, which consists of him, S. Frank, and the legendary Philly MC, Freeway. During the show, we're going to focus on his EP entitled Black Lives Matter. But before we do that, let's get to know Scalito. Scalito, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. Before we get into it, explain your name. What does Scalito mean? So Scalito, um, actually, uh, in the past, my, my, I had my initial um, stage name was Scholar. Um, mm-hmm. Scholar came from uh, me actually getting great grades throughout my uh, school career. Nice. So I actually gra- I actually graduated with a with a three point nine. Wow. Um, I was on you know meritorious and distinguished honor roll throughout my whole career. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so people would call me a scholar, and um, so I, I sat down one day with a lawyer, uh, and he said to me, when I look when he looks up my name a bunch of, like, religious scholars um, pop up, so it wasn't, like, a distinct thing that if people would just look me up, look my name up, that I would just show up. So I start thinking, you know, different names, and uh, my, my cousins will always give me this nickname uh, called Lido. Lido. So okay. I just merged, yep, L-I-T-O. So I just merged the two, Scalito, and that's how I ended up with the name Scalito. All right. Well, you got a meaning behind it. It's unique. You know, I like it. I like it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, thank you. I appreciate Yeah. So, uh, just tell us, tell us about yourself, you know, how was it being raised in Philly and how did that environment like impact you and your decision to become an MC? Uh, so actually, um, I was raised and born and raised in Philadelphia, but I also lived, um, in Kentucky for a bit, um, and also Delaware at a young age, um, because my parents, well, my mother was a single parent mother, and um, my my real father was never actually a part of my life. So we uh, we moved to Kentucky when I was when I was little, and uh, when my brother got incarcerated, um, he's actually a juvenile lifer. Um, we we ended up moving back to Philadelphia, so we will be close enough to visit him in prison. So we moved back. We 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 came from Philadelphia, moved to Kentucky, moved back to Philadelphia for some years. Then we ended up moving to Delaware. Then we moved from Delaware back to Philadelphia. Wow, it's a lot and, of. Uh, so yeah, so most of my life, you know, I spent of course in Philadelphia. Uh, growing up in Philadelphia was a uh, pretty much the typical. Uh, Poverty-stricken family household, uh, single-parent mother. Um, I lived uh, in Germantown. I lived in West Oak Lane. I lived in Alany. Uh, 
that for the most part of my life, those are the three areas that I lived in. And um, you know, I, I was, I, you know, a lot of my peers was 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 into the streets, and my entire family was into the streets. But I had a, a brother the entire time who was incarcerated doing life, who would give me, you know, positive information and uh, you know, positive guidance, so I wouldn't uh end up going down the wrong lane. So, um, you know, I always kept good grades. Uh, you know, all kids get into things, but um, I never got into anything that, you know, got me put away, you know, in prison or anything, or got me or any physical harm, you know, that would end my life in any kind of way. But, uh, you know, it's pretty rough living in Philly. Um, it's definitely a soulful city. Um, it's very spiritual. Uh, fast-paced, uh, a lot of fashion, you know, in Philadelphia. Uh, we come from, like, our musical background was, like, the Philadelphia International, you know, gambling huff. So my parents would listen to oldies, mm-hmm. you know, during those times. So I grew up listening to, like, oldies. And as uh, far as hip-hop, like, you know, Big E, Tupac, Nas, uh, Jay-Z, um... You know, I, I listen to various different music. I, I listen to R&B, rock and roll. I also like a lot of country music, too, because of the storytelling. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, I, I grew up pretty much, you know, like, like I said, a typical, in a typical poverty-stricken household, but I wasn't the typical kid growing up. Uh, I never got high off of any um, recreational drugs. And I never uh, actually drunk alcohol either. I, I don't even know what either one tastes like. Wow! So it really seems like your brother had a big influence on you. It was a, it was a really big example. Yeah, my life. brother. Yeah, my my brother pretty much raised me from, from prison. Um, he's been in prison for 25 years now. Um, since I was a toddler, but uh, he he pretty much helped me. You know, he led me down the right the right path. You know, not to make the same mistakes that he and uh, a bunch of others made. Wow, that's that's incredible. Now, now you talked about all that, but was there anything specifically that made you want to be an MC? Yeah, um, the whole Rockefeller era, um, I remember watching uh, backstage and just that whole, you know, lifestyle, um, touring and watching Jay-Z, you know, tear the stages down and the, and the big arenas, uh, seeing how, you know, a young black kid can, can go from, you know, a poverty-stricken era, area and uh, and become a superstar and, and just tell the stories of things that he's seen in his neighborhood to the world, and so many people would be able to embrace it and relate to it. Um, so pretty much the Rockefeller era and uh, that backstage movie, really, uh, you know, set the tone for me to want to become an artist. Oh, wow. So how long have you been emceeing, now, now that you said that? So, I, so I've been emceeing for about 12 to 13 years now. Wow, interesting. Yep. And also know that yeah. you also said you're a producer. How, how did that come about? Well, um, I'm actually a co-producer. Um, well, that came about, I always 
my my whole life I always was around other artists and pretty much helped produce their records and and um and their projects without knowing that I was actually producing because I actually don't push the buttons or play instruments but I know sound um I know how music should sound uh you know once it's complete as far as mixed uh I got a great ear for uh how voices should lay over you know over tracks I'm a great person to pick um as far as what instruments should go on records so I pretty much co-produce and uh my main producer is, is us Frank and we we are a production team we work together but uh he's the main producer and you know I, I co-produce but you know I have uh produced a lot of records just throughout my life before I even knew that I was co-producing records mhm I see so let me yep. get, let me get back to Philly. Let's let's talk about the hip hop scene. You know how how's that changed okay. since when you were younger and up to now, and how has that influenced you? So in Philadelphia, the, the hip hop scene for me has changed um, because is 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 more is more artists that have access to, to cameras now and to get visuals done. Um, I remember growing up and, and listening to hip hop. It, it wasn't as, as accessible as it is now to get your hands on a camera and get a visual done. So a lot of times you didn't know what what artists really looked like until you might have seen them at a concert or me coming up. Uh, the DVD era was around, so a lot of people was throwing the DVDs. Um, so now I just feel like the hip hop scene is more of um you know, they got more, artists got more ownership in, you know, their music now than how it was with me growing up, you know, listening to music. It's, it's, you know, it's easy to, to shoot your own videos. It's easy to go online and and, uh, and promote your music worldwide for free. It wasn't like that, you know, when I, when I was growing up listening to the, uh, you know, to the ones that came before me mm-hmm. in the industry. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, have, has the has, yeah. has the sound changed much to you in Philly? The Philly sound. Yeah, hip-hop? I believe. Yeah, I believe the sound um, has changed a lot. Uh, you know, a lot of people are going for, um, you know, like the down south and uh, like melodic singing music, which is fine because you know music music evolves. You know, it's an art, so you know. If, if 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 that if that suits you, you know, to make, you know, down south music or melodic music, then that's fine because I make, you know, melodic music as well, you know. So I honestly think that uh, the music definitely has changed from just straight rap over, you know, the boom pat to like more, um, you know, 808s and uh, you know, like heavy bass and. Mm-hmm. You know, like Southern sound. Yeah, yeah. But there, there are still a lot of artists out here that, um, that you know, that that go straight, you know, boom pat, and as far as that genre, uh, hip hop, mm-hmm. it, it does still exist, but it has it has changed uh, drastically. Yeah. So, Scalito, what what makes what makes you 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 unique, and you know, what kind of separates you from other artists? Well, I think the thing that separates me from other artists is that I don't just have one lane. Like, 
I can go in the studio and do a straight hip hop record. I can go in the studio and do a hip hop mixed with R and B record. I can go in the studio and do a country record. I can go in the studio and do a rock and roll record. I don't have a lane, so a lot of times you can't predict the type of record or the type of music that I'm going to put out or that I'm working on at the time because it it could be it could be anything. It could be any genre. Like I don't have you can't put me in a box. And also, I have a distinctive voice, you know, that has a lot of clarity to it. So, a lot, a lot of times nowadays, a lot of artists you can't really understand everything that they're saying. But me, you can really understand everything that I'm saying, and I just got a great voice. It got like a, a medium tone that just, to me, it just fits well on, on any type of um, type of music. Mm-hmm. That's what I think separates me, and I, you know, and I, and I'm also an excellent writer and producer. Uh, that's that's what I think separates me. Okay, okay. And a, and a hell of a, a hell of a performer. Yeah. So you know, it's a it's a, it's a spiritual thing. You know, I, I connect with the music spiritually instead of just making the music. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Go a little deeper. Spiritual. So. So spiritually, um, like instead of just, you know, listening to a beat and just say, oh, you know, this, this is a nice beat. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a write a record to it. If something is not touching me on the inside, like if I don't, a lot of times I know if a record is the right record because I feel a warm sensation in my body. Mm-hmm. And I can feel, I can feel spirits you know, around me mm-hmm. while creating the music. Like, they're helping me create the music. I don't know what forces it is, but I know that music is a spiritual connection. And I know when I'm, when I, when I'm, I know when it's the right record because something, I don't know what it is, is a force that's unseen that jumps into me and helps me create, you know, the body of music that I'm working on at the time. And also, when other people hear the music, the same music that I that I got a feeling from to create, those people have an outer body experience from listening to the music too. So I know that it's like a spiritual connection with me and the music, and also the listener and the music that I created. That makes perfect sense. So, so what what do you what do you think is missing from hip hop? Um. I think that I'm missing from hip hop. I think mm-hmm. that S. Frank is missing from hip hop. I think the whole new Rob Child's movement is missing from hip hop. I think we also need a balance of the streets and commercial music, like a modern day bad boy, a modern day Rockefeller. Whereas though the streets can still feel the music, but it also can cross over commercially. And it, and, and it needs to have some type of authenticity. Like a lot of the music nowadays is not, it doesn't have an authentic feel like for it to be timeless. Mm-hmm. I think timeless music is missing right now. There are a few artists that are making timeless music. Just, you know, for example, the J. Cole's, the Kendrick's, you know, Drake. He does make timeless music as well. Um, and there's a lot of others, you know, to name, but 
for me, those are the ones that I think is is is, is bringing the best music, you know, to the game, you know, in, 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 in today's time. But I think that that uh that gap that needs to be bridged, the, the street and commercial, I think that that's what's missing right now, and I think that that's what my team and myself is going to bring to the game. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. The, the, that balance is missing. I, I definitely agree with you there. So it seems yep. I'm trying to understand what what do you currently enjoy about hip hop? Right now, what I enjoy about hip hop is just that the lyrics are starting to come back. People are starting to appreciate storytelling. That's what's missing in the game too, storytelling. Mm-hmm. But I think that people are starting to appreciate storytelling again. They are starting to appreciate lyrics. I mean, anytime you got, you know, J. Cole, uh, Forest Hill Drive going double platinum and, and Kendrick, you know, is, is doing numbers. His is going platinum and double platinum. You know, that goes to show you that content and, 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 and lyrics, the quality of lyrics, you know, are, are, are back around now. Mm-hmm. That's what I think, you know. Is, is is back, you know what I what I appreciate about hip hop right now, and just the culture of hip hop. Um, it still continues to be pushed forward. It's still evolving. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Now, I, you know, we did some research, and we heard that you used to be signed to Allen Iverson's music label. Can you talk about that and how that came about, how that was, and why it ended? Yeah. So. Um, I actually was in the group when I first started off rapping. It was me and my my, my first cousin. Actually, uh, our group was called LNS, um, and LNS stood for his name. His rap name was Locious, and at the time, my rap name was Scholar. So we were uh, collectively LNS, and um, we would go down to uh, Club Flow on uh, Delaware Ave. They had an open mic every Tuesday night, and my cousin and I would perform. And uh, they so they had a lot of like A and R's coming down there and um and watching you know looking for talent. So it was a, a, a older guy named Larry Larry who um he was actually producing the show. And uh, Alan Iverson had A and R's come down for like three months in a row. We we had no clue that people was watching this. And one one night we performed, and after the performance. A guy walked up to us and, and said that they worked for Allen Iverson and uh, they were interested. Allen Iverson was interested in, in working with us and signing us. So um, to make a long story short, we uh, we ended up, you know, connecting with Allen Iverson. And he had told us that he heard some of our music and he really liked what he heard. And that, you know, he wanted us to be a part of uh, his ABK Crew Tick umbrella. And, you know, the rest was, was history. Uh, we would travel, you know, different places and, and perform, uh, open up for different uh, artists and, you know, just writing a lot of records in the studio, you know, professional studios recording. And, you know, it was a great, great learning experience. Um, I definitely seen a lot and uh, learned a lot that, that'll help me. Um, have a better career, you know, in my future, you know, now that my career has started. Mm-hmm. What, what what did you learn the most from that experience? Uh, the most I learned about that experience is um, you don't need a huge entourage 
um, when it comes to moving around and, and traveling. Uh, I also learned to um, make smart investments. I also learned that, you know, um, you know, sometimes everybody that's, you know, that's around you are not around you because they love you. You know, some people are only around for motives and what they can get out of you. And, and once that's gone, they leave too. So I just learned, you know, to treat people with respect and um, say to myself and, and keep a tight circle and stay focused, man, and, and, and make smart investments. Nice. And, and why did it end? How did it end? What happened? Uh, it's, it's a few different stories, but the main story, um, why I heard that it ended, uh, him and an associate of his had a falling out. Um, they didn't agree on some things when it came to the company. And uh, they had a big falling out, and it, and it, and it ended. Okay, so it had nothing to do with you. It was more higher, higher above, above what was going on with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. It had nothing, nothing to do with me. Um, yeah. Yep. Well, but you know, everything is meant to happen for a reason. Right. Well, at least you learned something from it. That's a good thing, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I learned something, and I also, you know, gained a friend. You know that 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 uh, I gained a few friends, but um. You know, Allen Iverson, I always looked up to him. That was my, always my favorite player, you know, in the NBA. And I actually got to meet him and, yeah, and travel, you know, travel with him and actually get got to know him as a person. You know? He's a, a good person. Oh, that's good. That's good. Now, we, we said that the new Rothschilds, one of their group members is Freeway. Talk about you and Freeway and how you guys met and how did you end up working together? Okay, so actually, New Rothschild is 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 kind of like a is a movement. It's not like an actual group. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, it's a movement. Uh, but how Freeway and I met, um, Sherman and Mark Byers, they uh they manage Freeway. Well, actually, Sherman Byers manages Freeway, but before Sherman uh, was managing Freeway, um. Frank and I were producing records, and we had this record called No ID that we were trying to get Freeway on because it sounded like a dope record that we thought he would sound great on. It, it, it was my record, and it was featuring Freeway. Well, we wanted it to feature Freeway, so uh, we, we let Sherman Byers know that we wanted to get Freeway on the record. Um Sherman and Mark Byers, they reached out to Freeway and let sent this record to Freeway. Freeway loved the record. Um, we met up with Freeway down Milk Boy Studio and recorded the No ID record in the studio that which was produced by S. Frank and co-produced by me. And um, we cut the record, and after that, that was it. We we just it just was like a domino effect. We cut another record. We cut another record. We just kept building, you know, chemistry and cutting records. And then eventually, uh, you know, we it just became a family. You know, it, it went from us cutting records to being around each other for years. Um, Freeway had his team early movement. Um, 
you know, I had this new Rob Childs thing that me and Frank had, and uh, we ended up, you know, teaming up, and, you know, now we're all new Rob Childs together. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> so um, yep. let's now let's let's talk about your EP, Black Lives Matter. Now, uh-huh. now it's obvious that this album was inspired by the movement, Black Lives Matter movement, but, you know, there's always something that triggers it. Is there anything specific, any specific event or in something that influenced you to create this album? Yeah, what influenced me to create this album was um, the death of, of Freddie Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, Freeway and I actually went to Baltimore and we marched um, with the project that uh, Freddie Gray was from uh, for his death. So, uh, you know, we, we stood where he was where he, he passed at on the, on the projects. We marched with the people. And um, I just felt like at that point, man, like, you know, that was enough. Like, you know, just me as an artist, I got to use my platform to, you know, try to, you know, inform people about what's going on in the world and that it need to be, a, you know, a change. You know, it need to be some equality. You know, the, the, the actual project, doesn't it's not just pinpointed at police you know it's also you know pinpointed at black on black crime um you know i also got a record on there called love you know so you know i always thought like long as you spread love then you'll get love in return so it was kind of like the project was kind of like a public service announcement i just was really just speaking what was you know on my mind um, and, and sharing it, you know, with the world. And at least if I can make one person change their mind, you know, they're thinking negative about someone else, no matter the race, you know, I felt like I, I did my job. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of praise or criticism have you received from this album? Uh, I received... Some, you know, uh, criticism from from uh, from people on on my uh, in my comments, like on my feeds. But it was because they didn't take the time out to listen to the project to see that, you know, it was about everything that's going on, and it wasn't just pinpointed at at one race. But um, you know, it was also other people from different, you know, from from races other than my race. Um, that loved it and they was like wow i'm so glad that you put this project out this is really what you know what we needed you know you spread love you you bring an awareness to black on black crime you bring an awareness to police brutality you bring an awareness you know that we need to spread love and you also bring an awareness to the fact on bleach white is the record i got on there called bleach white and it's about how racism and the negative thinking starts in a household.
Middle finger to the Malcolm and Martin Luther supporters. I was raised amongst Adolf Hitler portraits and foyers. Darker the skin, the more these niggas annoy us. They in need of love, that's why they hugging them corners. I shaved my head as an adolescent. I was told when you approach and be passive aggressive, boy. Say sir when you asking a question. I was drawing swastika symbols when class was in session. The ink is dry, that's something you can't erase. I went and celebrated with Zimmerman's bank the case. I reigned supreme, can't no Supreme Court bring justice with a bleach. Jewelry whites came clean. You's never had a chance. He's nothing but a hoodlum lurking. Fucking crosses and hoodies burning. Shit, I'ma be a sinner till I die. Arizona to the curb, throw them skittles to the sky. Bleach whites. I could be your neighbor. You don't know who I am. Bleach whites. You can think the world of me, but yet, if you see me in this hood and who I work, your whole thoughts could change. Bleach whites. Bleach whites. We do not protect our race and protect our people. They gonna destroy Shirts and white sheets, I created drama. Nooses for you, nuisance to wear them around your neck. Mind state of Edward Norton, American History X. Cross paths with colors, they thinking they can stay for good. We say fuck them, let's run them out of our neighborhoods. Firebomb houses, you fucking with the white mob. Just a foot soldier, a Billy Roper, and Tom Rob. Two guns playing, two fucks clean. So we don't really give a damn about what you fuck saying. We run the world with our white features. God, we got a white Jesus mm. on your lawn screaming white power. white power. This nigga stepped on my white sneakers. It's on sight when I'm coming for your life. Dirty laundry. Separate the colors from the whites. I could be your neighbor. You don't know who I am. White power. Bleach whites. You can think the world of me, but yet, if you see me in this hood and who I work, your whole thoughts could change. Bleach whites. We do not protect our race and protect our people. They gonna destroy. Never knew my father, just my mammy only. Never seen this picture. All I knew was that his name was Tony. Told me he had died before the day that I arrived. Mama remarried to a fella named Bob. And Bob was in a clan. My mother never liked him. Grandparents forced her so she can be enlightened. Back when I was young, all I did was climb trees. Remember going to school, skin smelling like bleach. To be continued. They shot the man and they hanged him and then, then uh, used his body for target practice so as to teach black folk a lesson. is not born to hate people a child is born to love mm -hmm. but if you teach a child you know as a you know growing up to hate then you can brainwash a child but that song is called bleach white and it's actually it's actually a black kid i'm speaking it's the pov of a of a, of a black kid growing up and he's half white 
but mm. his grandparents are his grandparents are racist. So they actually had a daughter in the story, and the daughter had a baby by a, a light-skinned black man. The daughter was white. The grandparents were white. They gave their daughter the chance. I'm gonna actually shoot a short film to this eventually, but they told their daughter either she get rid of the baby because she had it by a black man, or she keep the baby, but she can never see her baby father again. So she chose to keep the baby and never see the baby father again. So what the grandparents did was they brainwashed the child into thinking that he was white and they bleached his skin hmm. from a toddler. Wow. Yeah, I, I was... So when I, gro- no, go ahead. Yeah, so he, you know, the whole time growing up, he's taught to hate black people. But he doesn't even know that he's black himself and that his skin is being bleached until the last verse he starts figuring it out. Like, I remember going to school, skin smelling like bleach, and then it's to be continued. <laughs> so, you know, it, it starts in the household. Like, a lot of people don't, might you know, they heard it, they might not know that that was what Bleach Whites was about, but that's what it was about. So it was a two-meaning. It's like you could brainwash a child, and then on top of that, he's black, and he's hating black people. So it's also black-on-black crime was really going on out here now. Mm-hmm. He don't even know that he's hating his own kind. Wow. Yeah, I, I had some questions about that song, but you just you, you answered most of them right there. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, that yep. last verse got me. I remember going to school, skin smelling like bleach. I was like, wait a minute, who is this? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Well, let, 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 let's, let's, let's talk about some, some of the other songs on the album then. I, um, there, were okay. two, there were two songs on the album that I felt were, had a similar theme. One was called okay. Black Man, and the other one was called L-O-V-E, Love. So t- talk about these songs and what they're about and why they're on the album. Struggled all his life as a hack man. Chauffeur in his people, student in the city. You know the one from being no name, Mr. Timmy. He used to date my granny in the early 90s. Came for shorty in his 40s, I was riding shoddy. Teaching me the ills of the ghetto. Youth poverty stricken, making deals with the devil, huh? He told me one day he'll be gone and forgot about. Shit, I ain't understand the meaning till 2005. Souls, machine, of course, those fast cars, bad broads, it's all a brother knows. A foolish treasure, whatever. Early age, dodged the early grave, cause I prayed, got my shit together. He seen a stick of boys in the black van. What do you know? He was murdered by a black man. Black man, black man. Black man, black man. Black man. Don't kill me, I'm your bad man. I had to live for one another. I had an uncle named Mark, used to call him Black Diamonds. Red Cherokee compliment his Black Diamonds. He was in the hood, back the jungle, getting money. Street money, legal money, far from a dummy. When you see in paper, no niggas, they start to hate you. 
Start out as a statement, next thing is you on vacation. Crap game crasher, head crack roller, ozone polluter from the mouth smoke aroma. But you know how it go, no time to tell them adios. Cold red, oh shit, so sick, vominos, typical nigga shit. But the difference is, he was murdered on his block with no witnesses. Mm, there's so much shit that I can talk about, yeah. And my uncle never talked a lot. Mm, and by the hands of a black man, damn, he was murdered for a parking spot. Black man, black man. Okay, so black men is about black on black crime. And on the hook, the, the lyrics are, you know, don't kill me, I'm your brother. We got to live for one another. Black man, black man. And the first verse is a story about a, a hack man, which, you know, in Philly we call a hack, a hack man is like a, um, a taxi driver, but you know he, he just own his own car. And he, you know he just do his own thing. He, he charge people to take him places and, and pick him up. So um, when I was younger, my grandmother um, was dating a hack man, and I would ride around with her boyfriend from time to time, and he would kind of just talk to me about the evils, you know, in the neighborhood. And he would point people out, like, you see them guys over there on the corner, you know, they're no good. You know, they, they just waste their whole life on the corner, and, you know, they, they, they out here killing each other. And the hack man, he ended up getting murdered by black men. They tried to rob him, and they killed him. In the second verse, it's about my Uncle Mark, who had got murdered in the 90s um, by a black man as well on his own block. And it was over a parking spot. Mm. So, he, you know, he parked in the spot, and the guy said that it was his spot. He shouldn't park there. They got in an argument. The guy killed my uncle. You know, and, 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 and it's, you know, I understand that we saying, oh, you know, the police is, is killing us, and, and it's police brutality, but 
you know, we got to look in the mirror too. You know, we're killing our own self. So I just wanted to give stories of actual people that I knew in my life that was killed, you know, by black, black, by a black man, black on black crime. So that's what black man is about. Um, and the record love is about, you know, I'm just trying to spread as much love as I can to the world. I just want people to feel good. I want people to love each other and, you know, and, and, and to feel love. All I see is black hands, white hands, brown hands. It's love in the air. This is God's plan. Mm. I'm just trying to set my family straight. Mm. This right here gonna make my mama dance. L O V E. Love. L O V E. L O V E. Love. L O V E. L O V E. Love. L O V E. L O V E. Love. L O V E. Love. Every time I go to plant a seed, you try to kill it for it grow. When the music is water the seeds, how you gonna stop the flow? Why we can't try to get along? Why we can't learn to love each other right or wrong? Why we can't try to have a truce? Why we gotta walk the neighborhoods with attitudes? Love, I try to open up the door for you, but you'll never say thank you. You reach around me just to grab something, like you afraid to say excuse me. We was taught to hate the other hoods. We wasn't taught to like each other But one thing that we was never told Is how to love one another How to love one another How to love one another Black hands, white hands, brown hands Working hard trying to be an honest man I wish that I could give you more than what I give you But here's a promise to you, know I got a plan L-O-V-E Love L-O-V-E, L-O-V-E, love, L-O-V-E, L-O-V-E, love, L-O-V-E, L-O-V-E, love, L-G-B-T-Q, I'm respecting all love nowadays, cause we was born in love all kind of ways, this kind of feeling got me feeling like the holidays, to give and to get, that's what I'm trying to say, why we all can't get along, it's time to start to love each other right or wrong, damn, and I admitted that my ex hurt, I knew I loved you, had to learn to love myself first, love, Try to open up the door for you, but you'll never say thank you. You reach around me just to grab something, like you afraid to say excuse me. We was taught to hate the other hoods, we wasn't taught to like each other. But one thing that we was never told is how to love one another. How to love one another.
that record is just completely about love. Love comes in every race. Love comes in every gender. You know, I don't I don't discriminate when it comes to, you know, same-sex love. You know, if, if they love each other, then they love each other. I'm not guy. I don't judge anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, it's just, if it's different races, you know, I, I wasn't raised to not, you know, like or, or be attracted or love or fall in love with somebody that's not from my race. You know, so I feel as though if you love someone, it's about the, the soul's connecting. It's not about the shell mm-hmm. how a person looks, you know. So that's what love, you know, that the record love is about. Wow. You know, and also on the hook part, I also talk about how, you know, we, we was raised to, to not like to go to war with people on blocks over from us. Like, we wasn't taught to, to like the other neighborhoods. That's why you got... In Philly, we had this thing called gang war back in the day that, like, the gener- like our fathers and grandfathers were into. You know, it's kind of like, you know, block gangs, not color gangs. But um, it was called gang war, and, you know, they, weren't t- they wasn't taught to love the other hood. They was taught all of the wrong things, but the, 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 the most important thing that they wasn't taught was how to love one another. If they was taught how to love one another, we wouldn't have them. You know all of this violence and 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 black on black crime in these neighborhoods. So that record is strictly, you know, about love. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I felt that too. And the reason why I said they were kind of similar, because they both talked about, you know, our responsibility to our communities and to love each other. Although black men, you know, right. it, it, it was some violence on, on that. You know, some things happened, but still, I felt you were trying to get the message out that we need to love each other. And then it was more blatant on the song "Love" that that's what you were getting across. So that, that's that's why I kind of said they were kind of similar in that in that realm. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So um, talk about the song "State of the Union." Some things that need to be said, you know. Game went off and high floating. It's all eyes on me like a pot poster. I see niggas go to war just a block over. Shots rang through your screen door, hit your mom's sofa. She was smoking weed, listening to Tom Joyner. Son getting cuffed like I need to talk to my lawyer. Just an ordinary day in the ghetto. Mama case of litigation, she just praying they settle. Them police has killed my nigga, that just made me a rebel. You grew up in the burbs, it was safe in your travels. I grew up on a curb, try shaking the devil. Whether rapping or trapping, either way we successful. I always been a thinker, as a leap and saw a statue. Going over your head, I can see my thoughts pass you. I told you, Lord niggas, I was focused, Lord niggas. Got them looking at the screen. Don't I know this, Lord nigga? Well, I'm big homie. I told you dudes before, but you ain't heard Nigga, I don't shine shoes no more. I'm a good fella. I'm challenging my fear. I'm not saying you won't be made afraid, but you must not let things punk you. That's what I'm talking about. 
think it's time to fill a void. Tell them loud niggas kill a noise. I birth niggas more sons than the king of Troy. Justice or else, this was in a man's heart. I show up to your door with the million man march. Thanks to Queen Yonazda for the proper introductory. On behalf of myself and the people of my company. When you was out partying, showing off the Baltimore. I was in the projects, marching out in Baltimore. Me and Philly freezing. Niggas still ain't believers. I'll just see made you niggas catch damn near seizures. Oh. These niggas' faces keep popping up. I'm like, I know you niggas mad at this. We had to do it for the culture first. More than rapping, niggas activists. So thanks for giving me your ass to kiss. Niggas sleeping on me had me feeling like mattresses. I'm from the slums of the smoke-filled lungs. Where the crack get pitched and the dope get slung. The liquor stores open and your folks get drunk. Where the murals get painted and the songs get sung. The project backyards clothes get hung. Cops spin a corner and a grown men run. It's survival of the fittest where the punks get chunked. I'm black and I'm proud. Stop acting out loud. Niggas wasting punches like packing y'all style. I'm Floyd with it. I'm much more poised with it. Leader of the tribe, new Rob Childs on fitted. It got my back against the wall again. It's time for an act of parliament. I'm picking you niggas' brains and evening out the eyes to see what lies in the hearts of men. What I'm suggesting to you is that the thing that has made you afraid. If you challenge your fear of that thing, you might find fear jumping into that thing because you were not created by God to be afraid of anything in creation but he himself. And he's not creation, he's creator. You said you said on that song, I know you mad at this. We had to do it for the culture first. More of a rack more than rappers were activists, so thanks for giving me your ass to kiss. You said something like that. So first ex- explain that quote and then talk about your activism if there if there is any. People there's a lot of people in the world who don't like seeing black people come together, you know. Because it's, you know it's, it's a powerful thing when 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 any race come together, not just black, but you know our race, you know as as black people, we don't come together as much as other as other races. But when we do come together, it's a powerful thing. So when I say you know I, you know basically you know I know I know I know you hate this. I'm speaking to the people who don't like to see you know black people come together. And um, as far as the, uh, you know, I, when, when I said, you know, they were sleeping on me like mattresses, I was speaking from the point of view, like the, 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 the entertainment business, you know, that, that, that didn't know, you know, that I was capable to, to, to speak on subjects of this matter, you know, because a lot of artists, they think like, oh, they just, you know, he, he just do this type of music. Like, you know, he can't make creative music that's still that's still good music to listen to that's actually talking about something. 
you know, that can help change lives or, or change the way people think. So I was saying that those those people that think that way, you know, they, they were sleeping on me, like, you know, so it's time to wake them up. As far as the activism, you know, part, um, Freeway and I uh, had, we, we were on an episode, not an episode, a network called Al Jazeera. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, they showed a clip of us marching, of us marching in, um, in Baltimore. So that's why I was like, oh, these faces keep popping up. I'm like, I'm, you niggas mad at this. We had to do it for the culture first, more than rappers, just activists. So I'm saying, like, a lot of people, you know, we we, 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 we showing up on these different platforms, you know, for, for uh activism because we also did a panel in, in New York too um, for, uh, for, for activism and um, I'm saying like our face just you know keep popping up everywhere you know on on those platforms for the for the people and I'm saying like it's more than just us putting out music for just to entertain people I'm saying we had to do it for the culture first we had to do it for hip-hop. That's what hip-hop is about. Mm-hmm. Hip-hop is about using your platform and, you know, and spreading positive information. So we, we did it for the culture first. You know, we, we didn't just do it to, to make money or or to get popular. You know, we you, you got you to gotta stand for something. So, you know, we, we did it for the culture first. And that's what I meant by, you know, by those lines. Wow. So, you know, you know as humans... We, we we label everything. That's just what we do. So when I heard this album, it came off to me as a conscious album or or, or, or an album embedded in reality. Would you consider yourself a conscious rapper? And, and if, if not, what would you consider yourself? So I wouldn't consider myself a conscious rapper because that actual project was, like I said, it was just like a, a public service announcement. Like, that's not, that's not, like, that music is just a small portion of my catalog, you know, of, of, of the type of music that I tap into. That was more just me sharing my thoughts at the moment. Um, so I definitely won't, wouldn't consider myself a conscious artist. I do have an, an aspect of, of, of conscious in me as an artist. Um but I consider myself a universal artist. I consider myself a commercial artist, um, you know, basically a, a universal artist. Yeah, so it's, it sounds like based on what you were saying, this, you want, it, there should be balance in hip-hop, so you're trying to say you, you're trying to balance that out, touching on different subjects. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Absolutely. You know, it's all, it's all about balance, you know, because, some days, you know, on the weekends, I want to listen to some turn-up music, or I want to create turn-up music. That, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? That people can party to, people can, you know, can can, can feel good. You know, people and and, and I also want to, you know, say I mean, uh, Black Lives Matter was just a, a project for the times. I make music according to the times. Mm-hmm. So Black Lives Matter was a project that I put out because that's what's going on right now. 
So I had to put that out, you know, to, to just my point of view or how I feel about it. I don't think that if you're an artist right now, and you know, I don't think that if you, that you should just ignore what's going on. You should speak up and not be afraid and let people know that it's not right and we need change. But I'm not just going to put out all Black Lives Matter, you know, music every time I put out a project, you know. So I definitely wouldn't consider myself uh, a, a conscious rapper. Um, that project, you know, is is basically um, just for the time. Mm-hmm. I understand. And um, you, you had another song on there called Mandela. And in the chorus, you said, Mandela is alive. What do you mean by that? Okay, I'm still trying to understand, though. You began the peace talk, and you end up coming out of prison, and there is no bitterness. How is there no bitterness? Oh, it's the return of Roly Lala. Off my life, I hope that you inspired. Over years, I shed a tears of that holy aqua. Cape Province to the freedom fighters. Mandela on the screen, thanks to Idris Alba. Mm, this is Andy Dupree's in Zahara. And who knew that Kuna would be his final flowers? So say a prayer for Grock and Michelle. Lami on Quarry and Robin Island inside his cell. Mm, just call me my debut, Tata. Say it in the mirror, I appear like Walla. I'm alive. I said I'm alive in the minds of the younger generations on the rise. Uh. was a hater. Shout out Fidel Castro and Gaddafi. I did 27 years in the prison cell. Came home knowing the motherland got me. Long walk to freedom. They say that I'm a secular saint. Golden age of hope of harmony if heaven can wait. Talking statues out in London on the South Bank. I'm the father of my nation for my crown's sake. I'm anti-empathy. Sprinkle Africa with water, lead a land full of happy seas. Pray to the skies, know that God among us. My name lives on Dolly Bunga. Mandela is alive. I've risen. 
So when I say Mandela is alive, I mean his spirit. Because the shell dies. Everybody's bodies die. The shell. But the, the, the soul lives forever. So I'm saying that for what Mandela stood for, he stood for, for freedom, for peace, for love. So Mandela's soul and what he stood for is in every is in everyone in the world. So I am Mandela. You are Mandela. Everybody that walks this, you know this planet is man you know is is, is Mandela. Or anybody else that stands for what he stood for, Muhammad Ali. You know, it's, it's so many, you know, people that we can name. You know, Dame, I mean, uh, Bob Marley. You know, like, that's what I meant by um, Mandela is alive. His spirit is alive. His spirit will never die. Mm-hmm. It will live on forever through all of us. Right. So, so outside of music. Uh, who else had a tremendous impact on you? Uh, so outside of music, like I said, my brother had a, a tremendous impact on me. Alan Iverson had a tremendous impact on me. Um, Jay-Z, uh, the way he moves, as far as, you know, the way he connects the dots and, and, and make power business moves. Mm. He got a, He has a tremendous impact on me and 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 being a businessman, transitioning from an artist to a businessman. He has a, a huge tremendous impact. Um, uh, when it comes to fashion, uh, I believe Kanye West has a has a huge tremendous impact on me because he knocked down barriers that you know. They didn't think it was possible for you know, you know, black hip hop artists. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he knocked down that you know that that, that fashion world. Um, my mother had a huge impact on me because she let me know that, you know, long as you you stay strong and you, and, and you believe that you could be anything you want in the world, it's possible. You know, you don't have to just limit yourself to the neighborhood or just limit yourself to working for someone else for the rest of your life. You can do whatever you want to do. You can be whatever religion you want to be. You, you, you know, you can, you can make your own decisions in life. Just make sure that you make the right decision. Wow. But, you know, those, those, those are the, you know, the most people that, uh, that impacted me wow. in my life and, and you know, and who, and who I'm becoming. That's what's up. Police, publicly oppressed lives in communities economically disadvantaged. New rock shops. Cops label me a target. I'm feeling like a dead man walking. Can't no police bring me down. The only person that could break me down is Rob Markman. They try to give us the blues like the Carters. We watch as they assassinate our fathers. They're putting bullet holes in our uncle heads and snatching our little brothers out marauders. See, growing up, I knew Ronald McDonald, mm, but they ain't teach us about Michael McDonald. Mm. 
black man lynched like his name George. Weather through the storm, there was taller we comment. This a rise in the comment, know the goddess beside us. Fear got us live streaming when the cops is behind us. And these niggas called our bluff. When we said enough is enough. Sing. We had enough. I just see my hands up. So please don't shoot. We so many innocent victims from pointless So, so what do you want people to mainly take away from the Black Lives Matter album? I just want people to just 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 spread love, and I and I also want want people to know that it's not directed at at any race or any fraternity. Um, it's about police brutality. It's about black on black crime. It's about spreading love. It's about um, the cultural gap between, you know, the ghettos that, that, that we grow up in and the suburban kids that, that can't relate to what we go through to survive and make it in the world. Um, you know, that, 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 uh, I also want people to take that Black lives matter don't mean that I don't feel that all lives don't matter. I feel that all lives matter. I just feel that the black the black lives are targeted as the lives that 
doesn't matter as much as everyone else lives. Like, at this point right now, it seems like, you know, black people are being targeted, you know. Um, and, you know, I, I, I just want people to not feel like it's a race war. Because I, I have white friends, I have Asian friends, I have Hispanic friends, Indian friends. You know, I even had Indian and Hispanic and also white in my bloodline. You know, so it's not it's not a race thing. You know, I just want people to just, that's what I want them to get from Black Lives Matter, you know, that it's a positive project. Yeah, uh, I, I think people will take away from that. And, you know, I hope that, you know, based on what you said, that um, your hip-hop is deals with reality and also it can be commercial. It's just we hope that you, you keep up when, and just, just keeping an ear and eye to the world and make sure your music reflects that. And, you know, and, uh, you know you, you'll, you'll be around for a long time if you do that. Just want to let you know. Uh, absolutely. Thank, thank you. I appreciate that advice. Yeah, I, I definitely take that, you know, ever, you know, even after my music career. Yeah. So let, let, let's talk about some things outside of uh, your music. What what would you be doing if it wasn't for music? What would what would your plan be? Uh, my plan B is actually still my plan A. I never thought that I wasn't going to be successful and music. So my plan B, I didn't have a plan B. My plan B was to become what I'm becoming now. But if I didn't develop a passion and a love for music, um, I would have eventually went to play basketball in college if I decided, you know, um, to go to college. Um, and I, I believe that I would have either been in the NBA or I would have played basketball professionally overseas. No, you that nice, huh? Uh, I mean, you know, I ain't <laughs> bragging or blowing, you know, but I, I was pretty good in high school. Um, I definitely got some great, great accolades. Uh, I got some trophies. I got some newspaper clips. I got some rankings online. Nice. Um, you ever play? And I had, you know, I had, I had really good grades, so I, you know, I could have definitely went to. Almost any school I, you know, I wanted to go to. Nice. You ever play Iverson? We played a pickup, like one-on-one game outside of a radio station. Okay. Um, but he beat me. You know, I didn't even score a point. Oh wow! Um, it's like that. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> he was pretty much just joking around. Just every shot he shot, it went in and. You know, he was, he didn't really have to do anything. <laughs> I thought I was good at I thought I was good at that time, but I understood the difference between <laughs> you know being good and being great. Right, right. So, um, yeah. when you're not pursuing music, what are your hobbies? When I'm not pursuing music, uh, I love to run. Uh, I love to play basketball. Um, I love to be around family. I love to read. I love to travel. I love uh, food. I, you know, I love different foods. I love, uh, like, you know, explore different restaurants and and spices. Um, 
you know, mm-hmm. that's pretty much, pretty much it, you know. Okay. Well, the, the, I just love life, man. Yeah. So the the name of this show was Book Speaks and Beyond, and you said that uh, you love to read. So we we got to know what are you reading right now, or what have you read recently? Okay, so right now I'm reading a book called Blink. It's about intuitive repulsion. Intuitive repulsion. Yeah, it's a book called Blink. B L I N K, and it's about like how. Most of the time, your first impression on something, like when you first see something, however you feel about it or however, you know, whatever you think about it, most of the time be, be the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's the second guess that, that you know, that gets a lot of people. Oh, wow. Okay, that sounds... So if I, you know, if I look at, uh, say, for instance, if... If someone purchases purchases me a bike, purchase me a bike, right? And I look at the bike and I say, I don't know. It's just, it's, you know, it's, you think this bike's safe to ride? You, you know, do you think the you think the chain is all the way on it? And either I'm thinking that in my head, or I just might mention that to somebody, and then they like, no, the bike is perfect. You know, I've seen them put it together. All the nuts and bolts is tight. The chain is on right. And then I get on the bike, and then I'm like, oh, okay, you know, maybe it's just me. Then I get on the bike, and the bike breaks apart as I'm riding. <laughs> if I would have went off my intuition, then, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have ran into that problem. So it's called Blink. It's about, like, intuitive repulsion. There's a lot of stories in there from, mm-hmm. like, actual events that how, happen. Um, how, how do you – how do you uh, – how are you like that? Do you Do you feel like you – Go off your instincts, or do you feel like you? you no, of... ab- ab- absolutely. Um, my whole life, I, 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 I you know, I, I go off instincts. Um, I consider myself, and a lot of other people consider me like a clairvoyant person. Mm. Um, like, you know, and it's really true. Like a lot of times, like I'll see things before it happens. Like what? Sometimes, like in the future, or sometimes it could be like immediate like one day i was i was in a car with two friends of mine and it was a tractor trailer in front of us and i was on uh i-95 and i was like yeah i got a feeling this tractor trailer is going to flip over in front of us oh, wow. and i and i said it to him and three minutes later the tractor trailer flipped over in front of us oh my god so sometimes you know that happens or i might be like um oh you know so-and-so is great. He called me. And then a few minutes later, so-and-so calls me. But I don't really know how to – I was reading up on it. It is a lot of people that could do it. But I don't know how to control it. Like, I don't know – I don't know how to control it. Or sometimes I think in my mind, like, I might be like, yo, you know, um, I might be like, yo, uh, I don't think that he should do that or she should do that because, you know, something's about to happen. And then I'll think it in my mind, but I won't mention it to people or mention it to that person, and then they'll do it, and then something will happen. But I don't really know how to, like, control it, but I know for sure, like, I'm a, I'm definitely a, a clairvoyant person. And I also know how to, like, speak things 
everything I ever spoke, like I be, I'm, I'm a huge believer in speaking things mm-hmm. into existence. Like before I even met Alan Iverson, I remember my senior year of high school and I was sitting in my living room and I was watching him. He had a commercial out. He was like dribbling a ball through a maze. And I was like, yo, you know what? I'm going I'm to meet him one day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to play him in basketball and, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to beat him. The only thing that didn't happen was I didn't win when I played the little game to five outside mm-hmm. the radio station. But that same night that I watched that commercial and said that was the same night that I met him. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So like every everything that I that I ever said, like I remember sitting on the couch and you know I was like, you know, maybe man, I wanna I wanna I wanna have a company and I, I'm gonna I'm name the company New Rothschilds and um you know I'm a I, I'm a design the, the logo and people gonna love it and you know three years later. And there's there's a company called New Rothschilds. Like mm-hmm. I, I have my own company and Freeway is a partner and you know, like everything I ever said just comes I remember being on the phone with my brother and um he's a Jay Z fan and I was like, Yeah, you know, you never know. I said, you know, w- you know, one day I'm gonna take a picture with Jay Z and I'm gonna send you the picture, but I'm not even gonna tell you and I'm sending you a picture of me and Jay Z together. Mm-hmm. And two and two weeks later, I was I met Jay Z and I took the picture and I sent it to my brother. Man, wow! So you know what I'm saying? I didn't like what's the odds of you know of 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 of, of that happening? You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know how to control it, but a lot of things happen. You know, and if you ever run into like Freeway or S Frank or anybody that I'm around. You know, you can ask them because they, you know, they even be like, "Yo, that's crazy!" Like, mm-hmm. you know, you re- it really, it really be happening. It's strange, you know. It sounds strange saying it. Like, you might have people that might think like, "Oh, you know, Scalia a little strange," like saying that, but it's the truth. Like, it really, it, it really happens. Man, that, that that might be a little scary at the same time, huh? Yeah, it could be scary too. I mean, I haven't ran, really ran into anything. That was scary. Besides the tractor trailer thing, mm. but was everybody okay? Um, yeah, the tractor trailer. Well, I, I actually don't know what happened to the person that was driving the tractor trailer, but it happened maybe like a uh, hundred feet. I mean, a tractor trailer is big, so a hundred mm. feet in front of us is not really a, a huge space, but we. Cars, it was only three cars behind the tractor trailer, so we were able to swerve around yeah. the tractor trailer, you know, when it flipped, so nobody got hurt. Um, you know, that that was it. It happened on the I-95, right near Columbus Boulevard exit. Wow, was it was and, it uh, icy day, rainy day, anything? No, no, it was, it was completely dry. Hmm. Yeah, but I, I, I mean... I think it was because I, the, the track controller was driving so fast, and I was like, "I was like, yo, you need to slow down, man." I, was like, I, I think, I think he's gonna end up flipping over. Mm. A lot of times, the, the, the clairvoyant thing it, it just comes from like just a conversation, me just saying it that way, mm-hmm. and that's what I mean by I don't know how to control it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, like if I know how to control it, I would have said, "Yo, the track controller is about to flip over right now." Mm-hmm. 
And that would be scarier, right? <laughs> that, right, that would be scary. But I just said it in the conversation, like, yo, he's he driving a little bit too fast, man. He's going to end up flipping over. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it flipped over, like, you know what I mean? So Yeah. Wow. It just be little stuff. Like, I might watch a football game and and be like, yo, man, so-and-so probably great fumble on his play. And they'll fumble the ball. Like, just stuff like that. Like, just little dumb stuff, but... If I could figure out how to, you know, maybe I never will, but if I could figure out how to really control it, like, I think it could be like a a great thing to have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, you, know what I mean? so y- you probably heard this this question, this hypothetical question in many different ways. So basically it's if tomorrow was the apocalypse and you can only choose three albums besides any of yours, what would you choose? What would be those three? Reasonable doubt. Um, Tupac. Uh, Me against the world. And I would have to say Lauren Hill. Uh, Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah, those those are nice. Nice. So, so, what else are you working on right now? So right now, um, I'm actually working on my debut album uh, with, with that's Frank, Frank and I. Um, it's called. It's titled Free Dell. Free Dell. And it's dedicated. Yeah, Free Dell. My brother' name is Rondell, so Dell is short for Rondell. Um, is is is, is uh, it's dedicated to my brother who is a juvenile lifer and is also dedicated to the mass incarcerated and the loved ones of the mass incarcerated. Wow. And the whole project is actually narrated by my brother from prison. Wow. Um, he, you know, we actually, um, we recorded the conversations that I had with him every time he would call from prison. And, uh, so the whole album is kind of like, it's kind of like jewels being dropped in the album too, that a lot of the, the the kids growing up that was in similar situations as me, like that was in a single parent home, you know, or they had, you know, they didn't really have no 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 male figures, you know, in their life to help guide them the right direction. So my brother is kind of we reminiscing about things, and I got songs on there about things that he taught me to navigate through life that these kids listening to it now can listen to it, you know, they, that they might not have no guidance that might help them navigate through life. Wow, that's good. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of stories on there, you know, and there's a lot of stories on there that um, that the loved ones of the, incarcer- the mass incarcerated go through, mm-hmm. like the women who might, you know, might be dealing with, you know, a man that's in prison, you know, or... You know, uh, um, just just the stories of the, of, of the guys from the inside and the loved ones are the ones from the outside. You know, and there's a lot of information that the, the, the generations after me can can follow that they might that might be misguided out here. They don't have nobody to give them, you know, the right information to guide them through. Yeah, wow, we can't wait to hear that because I mean, I haven't heard 
mini albums that kind of touch on both those subjects at once. So that that'll be that'll be a cool project right there. Yeah, well, it, it'll be out. It'll be out next month. Oh, good, good. Wow. So, yeah, so we might have to get you back up here again. No, no, absolutely, man. I'm not, I'm, I'm always available, man. I, I appreciate this. I love to just conversate about, you know, life things, music, just anything, man. You know, I just want to use this platform that I have, you know, and I appreciate you extending your platform to help me, you know, just you know, talk to the people, you know, utilize my platform in a positive way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how how can people go about purchasing your music? So as of right now, um, you can purchase, you can go on iTunes and purchase my music. You can go on Am- Amazon and purchase my music. Um, and any other online stores, you can purchase my music. And also uh, you can stream my music on any uh any streaming platforms that exist, Tidal, um, you know, any, basically iHeartRadio, uh, any streaming platforms, okay. Spotify. Okay, okay. And how how can people get in contact with you? Um, my my social media handle is is the same on all platforms. Scalito Envoy, S C H O L I T O. E-N-V-O-Y on all social media platforms. Scalito Envoy. Cool, cool. Well, Scalito, thank you so much for being on the show today. And, you know, we look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Be looking forward, uh, looking for um, uh, all of my visuals that's that's soon to to be released. uh, And they're all shot, shot, directed and edited by uh Shannon uh Mior. Uh she goes by the name Rocky Jean. R O C K I J E A N. Okay, okay. And how can they where where yep. can they go to see those videos? Uh they can go on um on YouTube. Uh they'll also be released um to all of the uh hip hop blogs. Um you know, so they can just pretty much just Google the song and the name, and they'll be able to find it. It's on YouTube, on all the blogs, on on online. Okay. Well, Scalito, thank you, thank you very much, man, and uh, we we definitely look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. Peace. Thanks a lot. If you want to purchase the book or any of the music you heard, click on the links in the show notes. Or go to booksbeatsandbeyond.com. By clicking on the links, you'll support the guests, the music artists, and we will receive a small commission, which is no extra cost to you. This will allow us to keep providing you with value. Also, please click on the iTunes link to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And if you already do these things, thank you so much for your support. Remember, let's read... Listen, explore.